Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Um, as I've said throughout the week, Doug McCary is out. And today we have a special guest, uh, my favorite. I like I like them all, but this one uh, gave he didn't give birth to me, but you know he's the one who is the reason I'm here. So we have Anthony Johnson uh, in the studio. He is a former NFL running back for 11 years, former NFL chaplain for 15 years, and he is now a uh, counselor. He is what finished. The schooling aspect, what, two years ago now? A year and a half? A year and a half. Yeah. yeah. And he is now going through uh, the rest of his licensing process. Uh, you can find more about him or schedule appointments at Acacia Growth Counseling. Get out a pencil. It's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, growthcounseling.com. Or you can follow him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling that's at acacia a-c-a-c-i-a underscore counseling anthony how's it going today doing good man excited to be in here with you again yeah i'm glad to have you back in uh we've been talking forever about hey let's do a podcast or something and the only time we get on the mics together is in here so i guess that's just how it's gonna be and it's uh nice to be on and be live and uh it's always cool i wonder i know I've talked to some people. I hope we don't get too confusing with uh, <laughs> both of our monotone voices. <laughs> but uh, I love having you on and uh, talking to you because it's always fun. And, you know, these are conversations we end up having really all the time whenever we're together. So it's cool to just get together and talk for a little bit, you know, for an hour or so. And sometimes more after the the program's yeah. over, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I enjoy it all the time, man. Um, and it, it'll be neat to uh, uh, one of these times put a, a mic or a camera in front of our normal, you know, engagements and then maybe we can call it a podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, I was talking to you a little bit about, hey, what do you want to talk about when we're on? And you, you wanted to talk about, obviously, being a counselor, the counseling and and why it's vital and important, especially in the church uh, setting. And, you know, that got me thinking that I think for a lot of people, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say now, you know, it's different now, but for a long time I think there was some animosity, some hesitancy within the church towards, you know, psychology in particular, but counseling a little bit uh, as well. And, you know, I, I'm curious to why you think that is. My take on it is that the roots of psychology coming out of um, – uh, well, really, most of it was kind of anti-God, um, talking about how oh, that's kind of something in your head. And so I would imagine that's why it is, or no, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, that's probably some some simple um, simple way to uh, see it and think of it. Um, 
you know, certainly in in our time, really the the father of um, you know of psychology or, or really of psychotherapy, uh, Sigmund Freud. Um, you know, he, he had some questionable, uh, at best, questionable things in uh, in his approach to studying the mind and and uh, seeking to provide health to people, and um, you know, so so that created you know a knee jerk reaction uh, again to put it simply uh, in the church and and in some ways appropriately so yeah because he was an atheist um, I know that I, I was listening to something about him and that he struggled you know through his whole life pretty much that he but he there's a time where he almost uh, came to faith and then he backed away from that but from his most of his life he was an atheist and not only that as far as in the brighter broader culture um, he was used him and uh, Darwin were kind of used as, oh, look, we can get past this religion stuff, get past this uh, um, moral, you know, whatever, and we can, uh, you know, create something new and better. And uh, so I think that's probably an aspect of it. But then, you know, I'm obviously now as the disciplines come along and, you know, people obviously moved away from a lot of Freud's uh, thoughts and teaching. And now there's people who've, looked at and say hey it's not a bad thing to study the mind and let's do that from a biblical christian perspective yeah without question um you know there were some incredible things that uh freud brought Mm -hmm. to you know engaging uh with the person i mean there's several one that comes to mind that um that really is fascinating and really is biblical whether he knew it or not um was the idea of the the subconscious and the unconscious um you know that is so profound um and was you know kind of um uh, uh what's the word is it, it was breaking new ground mm. um at that time and yet we understand the the text says uh you know jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceptive above all above all else who can understand it you know that who can understand it says oh there's some things inside of my mind that are beyond my awareness you know, and then David talks about, um, you know, the heart, the, the us being fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, there's this breadth and this depth of how we're put together um, physically for sure, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that is wonderful. And so, you know, just his aspects of that that he that he brought, um, you know, that, that's that's fascinating not to mention how to how to be able to kind of segment the mind if you will so that we understand it to be which is this is the type of counseling i provide uh is psychodynamic um that is there's different dynamic parts and aspects of the mind that work together and so seeking to provide health and healing and ultimately growth uh, necessitates uh, an ability, a willingness to engage whatever parts are necessary and perhaps dive into ones that are even uh, underneath awareness. And so, you know, for people who don't know throughout uh, the the discipline, the, the history of the discipline of, of the study of psychology, um, there have been different school of thoughts, different fields. There have been the behavioralists, you know, the psychoanalysts. And so it, psychodynamic, is that taking kind of what works and saying, okay, you know, p- different pe- people are different, so there's different things, different tools that we can use instead of, oh, no, it's all behavioral. 
or you know we're all just going to you know talk about whatever yeah yeah and, and I'm, I'm glad you said that um it kind of you know we want to focus on and make applicable what works um and that is so so essential and so pertinent um because even freud for instance obviously had many things that i would say he's living to stay away from those things but there were things that worked and it's not a problem for me um to say that all truth is god's truth if something works in life or in a person's healing and and growth it ultimately came from god through a means that he provided whether that means is aware of it or not yeah yeah and you know with Freud in particular, like you say, that he had some deep insights, um, but he also had some stuff that were like, wait, what? And really quickly, you know, his uh, uh, his uh, follower, I guess, uh, a, a student of his, Young, is, who's obviously also um, very impound- impactful, he said, wait a minute, he, here's some good things, but he is he's off on his own, you know, he brought his own issues and said that it's everybody else uh, is the same in that and kind of took it down another route and I think that's something that's interesting throughout the whole the whole study is people who you know like Freud maybe was not aware of his own uh you know what he was bringing into the equation and how he that was leading him astray and someone else could call that out but now that other person can have an issue and so without you know uh, an ultimate arbiter without God um you know directing and leading your steps I mean there's obviously chances for error but that doesn't mean that you know if, that it should that you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. yeah absolutely and you know that that whole aspect there of um freud kind of missing how he uh was um subconsciously imprinting his own stuff on others and and as a whole and in, in psychotherapy was is is fascinating because that's one of the primary um and amazing things that uh, that he brought this aspect of mm-hmm. transference and counter transference and, and projection, you know, and, he, and, he, and he missed it. <laughs> yeah, that, that he was doing that himself. But but that speaks to again, um, well, the the efficacy of of counseling as a whole and the need to have someone else engage with you as you're dealing with the things in your life, and so. Again, that's that's right um, along the lines of, of what the Bible talks about and the necessities and the pictures that um, we have as people of being in community. Yeah, and we're about to go to break, but you had sent a verse um, that I'm going to go ahead and read, or two verses um, that kind of touch on the need or the, the effectiveness of counseling within the church. So this is First Thessalonians five twenty three and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So we are coming up against the break here in a second, but let's unpack that a little bit um, when we come back from the break because you know, i got a question for you, particularly about spirit, soul, and body and just your thoughts 
on that. So stick with us. We will be back with more in just a second. You, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be all right. That was Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, as has been the case all week, Doug McCary is out of the studio and in. For him today is my dad, Anthony Johnson. He is a counselor currently. Uh, as I said, he's a former NFL athlete, former NFL chaplain, and he now has his own counseling business ministry. Kind of, I don't know exactly what how you refer to it as. It's kind of one and the same, right? Um, but that is Acacia Growth Counseling. Uh, you can find him at AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A growthcounseling.com or you can follow him on instagram at acacia underscore counseling that's at acacia again a-c-a-c-i-a underscore counseling you know just before the break we were i read from first thessalonians 5 23 through 24 because you sent that to me kind of you wanted to unpack that a little bit talking about um how counseling is effective and good for the church um so in those two verses, I'll read them again real quick. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. You know, I, I'm going to let you rift on that, but I was curious about spirit, soul, and body. So after you're done, I'm going to ask you a question about that, unless you, unless you answer it, because I'm 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 thinking that you might. So uh, what are your thoughts on that verse and how it applies to counseling? Yeah, well, the you know, kind of the whole question, uh, especially coming off of um, 
you know, our, our brief talk about the church and and its uh, general response to psychotherapy and to counseling and from a secular standpoint um, is is to it's it's pertinent for me and it's been wonderful uh, during my schooling to be able to um, you know to look into the Word of God and see. Uh, just specifically how the Bible speaks to the need, the efficacy, efficacy and the place of counseling. Um, and it's right smack dab in the center of what God is doing in his people from the time that Jesus went up uh, to heaven to the time that the spirit came at Pentecost. And so, you know that passage in in Thessalonians is one of several really that um that highlight the place uh for counseling mm-hmm. um and so um so so that was you know obviously your your point on on the spirit soul and the body um highlights what is the main focus of counseling to be able to connect with um uh, assess, if you will, provide healing and ultimately provide growth to a person's mind. And certainly that will uh, affect and impact uh, their body as well. So um, so just just that one aspect, um, as among others, to highlight. You know, I'm, I'm curious because he mentioned spirit, soul, and body. And I, I, I think we've, you know, talked about this passage maybe in the past, but I'm I'm curious about the distinction there on those three parts and what you think, um, kind of what that's relating to. What what are, what are the difference? What's the difference between the spirit and the soul? I mean, it's easier to see the difference between the body, but I just find it um, worth note to note that he he just puts a distinction there. And I'm curious what you know you think it is, or if in your training that that has been brought up at all. Yeah, well, that um, you know to. My perspective on it is, um, you know, the spirit is that immaterial, uh, eternal aspect of all of God's created people. Mm. Um, he, he obviously, based on that passage and others, because there's a debate that's been in the church, uh, you know, are we a, a kind of a twofold or a threefold being? Well, mm. that, that, <laughs> that text pretty well states it, I think, um, that, that there is a spiritual part of us. And, of course, we understand, hopefully, that um, when Jesus, for instance, to Nicodemus said that um, um, that we needed to be born again, we he, you know, he asked him. He said, "What? Do you need to go back in?" Well, yeah. No, Jesus said, "You know." But spiritually speaking, we were dead, and we needed to have that rebirth. And so, there's that immaterial part of us that's eternal that all of us uh, need to be reborn again. But then there's the the soul uh, also likened to the mind, that aspect of our uh, non-material self that is um, that is what makes us human in the sense that um, obviously our bodies make us human and we can see that, we can touch that and engage with that, but uh, a body without the soul is dead, mm. right? And so... Uh, that soul is that part of us that animates our body, that um, gives us personality, um, allows us to engage with our thinking and our feeling and our volition. Um, so, 
from a definitive standpoint, that's how I, I think of it. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, you talk about the, the threefoldness as far as beings, and then that gets me thinking on, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your all your soul, and all your mind. Um, and then that, now that that gets me on another track that we'll have to shelf because I don't have any, I, that's something I'll have to think about uh, for a while as far as how that corresponds with spirit and body, unless you've already thought about it mm-hmm. and have some ideas about it. Do you? Have you? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to touch base on that offline, Dave, because, um, you know, that's an interesting distinction. But I think that is it is a good note, though, that uh, the that we're, I guess, I'm, actually, I'm going to take it here because that, that is interesting then, too, because, you know, the Trinity is triune. And so that's another way, I guess, that we're made in God's image, which is, you know, a, a, a interest. I mean, that's not something that we would think about every day, but that's kind of like, oh, wow, that's kind of actually profound to think about uh, that aspect of ourselves in that way. Yeah, it really is. Um, and and, I, and again, not just profound, but profound in such a way that um, I think it encourages, it uh, enlightens and enlivens us to realize, oh, yeah, wow, um, I'm made in the image of God, not just... Um, with a spouse or in some type of community because mm. you know god mm-hmm. is a communal um person but also in myself in, in who i am as an individual and as a person um there's a similitude a likeness of god that i that i share and that that's just like wow that's cool yeah, and that actually rolls us into uh, another verse um, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. And uh, that's Proverbs 29, verse 18. And it kind of goes with, like, to realize that, but by um, being in communion with God through reading uh, his word every day, how that is impactful for to us. So um, that was another one that you said you really wanted to talk about through a counseling lens so yeah so um you know the uh, the need for vision um mm. is sometimes uh i mean it's over maybe it's overstated a little bit um you know in, in the business world and you know um mm. leadership uh etc I, I would say maybe not over it's it's said in such a way that it's almost a gimmick right mm. instead of really hitting at the core of what that means yeah yeah that's that's a good way to say it sometimes you say things too much yeah it kind of loses its oomph um uh but but the bible tells us um that 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 is true without vision the people cast off restraint and really that word i looked at that word um translated differently in different translations some say uh people perish um Mm. some say unrestrained and so on but it it means to be let go to to believe let loose Mm. and so it makes me think of uh wow this this you know a lot of times you hear people saying we just want to be free we just want freedom want to be able to do whatever we want to do um being completely free is another word for being lonely and isolated Mm. and by yourself because we all need some type of mooring some type of tethering that connects us with in this case vision so that you know we can see where we're going and have a sense of purpose and understanding and so on uh, about our world and about ourselves and our world um so so being unrestrained 
and not having vision and not having a sense of understanding and purpose is, is really kind of the heart of what all of us really wrestle with. Mm-hmm. When we're alone by ourselves in either physically or in our issues, our problems, our stresses, that is a horrible place to be. Yeah, and, you know, in, in our culture, freedom is like a, a buzzword. People talk about freedom all the time, and we're, we're pushing towards more freedom without a realization of really what the founders intended by uh, those words, freedom and liberty. It was the freedom to do what you ought to do, what you should do. So it was there was the act of disciplining yourself, really, you know, to the law. Blessed he who keeps the law. It was the act of if you um, are following God, and you're disciplining yourself and are free to follow um, God's calling and prompting on your life, well, that is what was trying to be facilitated, not this unrestrained uh, freedom, which is really anarchy, but it was rather uh, if the people are restrained by their heavenly father, by uh, King Jesus, that you don't need the king on earth. You know, that that is kind of the, the mentality and the idea, and that's you know, what I sense in this verse, which is, it, it it's almost comes off, I think, to our modern thought as an oxymoron, right? Um, you know, when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They're, they're free and they're careless, but it's not a good thing. It leads them uh, down stray bad paths. And blessed is he who keeps the law. And almost that uh, the law actually provides you with more freedom than being unrestrained does, which yeah. is not explicitly in the text but you find that you know throughout the scripture absolutely uh we we need um we need the law of the spirit of life it sets us free from the law of sin and death Mm. um but set free from the law of sin is not to be unrestrained it is to be then tethered to the law of the spirit and and so it's it's an appropriate uh connection and attachment um and that, that, again, that's the heart of where psychodynamic, our psychodynamic counseling uh, leads. Awesome. Well, we are up against the news break, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Um, we'd like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. Before we go to the news, I'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And all of you who are listening online, be it in the country somewhere or around the world, as well as our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Rescuer by Ren Collective. If you are just joining us, Doug McCary is out for the week. And in his place, we have Anthony Johnson, who, if you don't know, is my father. He also was a former NFL athlete running back for 11 years and a former NFL chaplain for 15 years. And he is currently a counselor. He uh, can be found at AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. If you would like to learn more about him or schedule an appointment, that's where you can find him. And you can also find him on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling. Again, that's at Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, underscore counseling on Instagram. And just before the break, we were looking at Proverbs uh, 29.18 got a little bit cut off, so I'm going to read it again. Uh, so for those of you who are just joining us, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And we were talking about how, well, really in our culture, the, the term freedom has been, in liberty, they have been disconnected. They've been moored from their uh, original intent by the founders, and I, I would say also from a biblical understanding of what that is so that's what we've been talking about a little bit and we're going to hit on that just a little bit more yeah one of the um i guess one of the points of that um we uh, i think you brought up last time i was on um was the men at Vissacar. Mm. i think that's uh chronicles 12 um and it said that they were uh men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And that's so pertinent to me because that connects with uh, the passage in Proverbs, um, you know, with, without revelation, mm. um, there's a sense of unrestraint and, and there's a sense of not knowing what to do. And so I connect with that uh, quite a bit, um, particularly this past year is 2020, um, just kind of elicited some things that uh, were like, whoa, you know, how do we handle that? What do we do with this? And But but as I look back in my life, um, you know, even for the last uh, 25 years or so, there's kind of been that question, you know, given what I'm seeing and given what I understand about uh, the Bible and the future and, and revelation, um, even specifically, how should I be living? You know, what, what, and so, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's such a pertinent thing, and it seems like, uh, and again, I'm not big on social media, as you know, real well, but um, uh, it just seems like there's a lot of that question out there. What, what are we to make of all this, and and how are we to respond to it? Yeah, and you know, when you, you the way you reworded or talked about that prophetic vision. Uh, people casting off restraint, and the the way you said it, it was almost like uh, if you let the reins off of you know some animals that are a little bit wild, not broken in yet, they go everywhere, right? And that got me thinking, really, as far as our country, and then a generational feel to it. Your generation, um, this is I, I think I sent you this book one time, The Fourth Turning. It talks about how the different generations have similar characteristics, and your generation is a really independent. Uh, generation and so that kind of made me think about your generation is that the generation that came before you its prophetic vision if you will for the most part was <laughs> not a godly one and so the generation that came after it was kind of just kind of left to their own devices and how to piece together how to go about what we're seeing in the world and you know in the 80s I think the survivalist movement 
was big and you know that's kind of your generation and that jives with that well, i don't know what to do so i'm gonna figure out how to live in the woods by myself right and uh you know so i guess that through line that was something that was interesting to me because where we're at now as a country i think you know we've talked about it before we've talked about it on the program as well is that we're not we're, we're in a, a a perilous place as a country as a nation i mean uh, the past year for sure has shown that um but that it hasn't just been the past year that we've we've been there and so the the people are as you say they're looking for okay what do we do and because of the disservices that we've done to ourselves generationally there's a lot of looking and not a lot of vision of like okay this is how we we go about it and I, you know i i think that my generation is a little bit more collective than yours, but there's no vision in my generation because there's, for the most part, no biblical foundation to, you know, the millennials as a whole, and so they're just pulled along, tugged along, following uh, the generation before you, the boomers, and yeah, we're just kind of going along with this. And what's really needed is someone to, you know, a group to say, oh, let's no, we, we got to go back this way because the way we've been treading is not good. We've been sold a false bill of goods and. We need to go um, back. And I think, you know, your generation, that, that where it's at, that's kind of what you guys are, you know, being more leaders around the country is like, oh, man, that's where you guys, uh, that's the role you're in. But because of the demographics of your your uh, generation, it's more independent. So bringing people together isn't maybe something that's fitting or that you feel capable to do. And because of that, it's like, oh, we're kind of wandering. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you touched on so many things. Um, that last part, uh, just the, the independence of our generation. And obviously, this is generally speaking, not everyone yeah. is like that, so on exactly. and so forth. But, um, but I certainly connect with that. I connect with that, uh, that independence and even championing and championing as I've grown and gotten into adulthood. Uh, the need to be independent and that's good that's right and that's appropriate um and and certainly there are uh wonderful aspects of that that we need to uh master to lean into and grow in in terms of our separateness or individual uh aspects of who we are however that by itself is back to that proverbs 29 uh passage it's you're independent, but you're independent, unrestrained, untethered to that which is appropriate. And again, if we're made in the image of God and God is community, one of the aspects of him that is so central is is his community, and we're made like him, that means we were made to be in community. We were made dependent. And, you know, taking that independence too far, it, 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 creates this implicit uh, again kind of in the subconscious or the unconscious this implicit uh, theme that says i can do it myself mm-hmm. i got this i don't need anybody else and that is uh, again that well another aspect of uh, being unrestrained uh is it would be like being in a vacuum right mm-hmm. um nothing that tethers you nothing that you're connected to you're in a vacuum and 
common quote, nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. And, it, and it truly does, especially when it comes to the human soul and the human uh, social reality. Yeah, and, you know, you're talk- there's danger in, you know, being too independent. There's also danger in finding your identity solely in a group, right? Because then you're led to, uh, you know, down past. Like, don't got to talk about Germany in the 30s, right? I mean, it's, the evidence is there throughout history. And so what really is needed is for an individual to, you know, come up and get nurtured in a group, obviously, but then to go out and, I guess, in the wilderness, say, and become that individual so that they can come back to the group and be able to contribute and, you know, uh, help the group grow but not be so swayed by, oh, this is where the group's going. I got to go here. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that, you know, each generation has their different things that they lean more towards, whether it be independence or, you know, group, you know, group uh, identity, but no matter which generation you're in, you have to find the balance either. Hey, I got to figure out who I am apart from the group or, Hey, it might feel weird. I know I'm an individual, but I got to find a group to connect and, and belong with and, and work with to create something better. Yeah. And and this is, this is why it excited me to, to kind of talk about this because um, it relates to so much and we could spend, you mentioned the podcast, we could, we could create a whole bunch of podcasts on these, but, um, but, but that, that's why, it, um, from a counseling, uh, vantage point, as I look at it with a counseling paradigm, I'm, I realize that what we're talking about are things that are central to, again, um, the way I've been trained, uh, from the Townsend Institute of Leadership and Counseling, um, which, which, uh, was form formulated by Dr. John Townsend, Henry Cloud and, and their, not only their uh, perspective and their experience as uh, psychologists, but also as Christians. And so, you know, the, the, they develop what they call four characters uh, or four uh, uh, structures of character. Uh, and character is, is a definition that they coined that I love. Um, they define it as that, that set of capacities that's necessary to meet the demands of reality. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful definition and part of that roots in four character pieces. Um, the one would be attachment. It's kind of like the foundation. And that's what you're talking about, um, the need to be in connection and community and have this reciprocal uh, interaction where you meet needs and you get needs met. Mm-hmm. It's so essential. And, again, centers in the Godhead and being connected to God. Um, but also then the second one is what's called separation. So there's this reality and this necessity for us to be healthy in and have our character structure developed in being separate and being an individual because we are yeah. right in our corporate perspective and on our as well as our, our mind and our spirit we are individuals that god has created and so um and, and there's a couple other ones but those two are central and what we're talking about is this sense of independence that young men begin to hone and discover and hopefully get mentored in by their parents or their dad in particular, you know, at around 12 or 13 in unique ways. And, and so, but anyway, the point is both of them are essential. And so, so counseling with that, that perspective is intended to, from again, a God uh, centered approach, uh, help people in identify and then uh, meet 
the needs that they have and some of their deficits. So that was a lot to say. but <laughs> No, no, I think it was good, though, because, like you said, it ties in, but it also brings in why counseling is impactful and it can be important and be a benefit to uh, the body and the believer. Um, so, anyway, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, as I've said throughout the week and throughout the program, Doug McCary is out today. Um, but we are joined in the studio by Anthony Johnson. He is my father, first and foremost. That's the, what's the most important one to me, anyway. Uh, for most people, though, it is that he was a former NFL athlete, played for 11 years as a running back. He was a former NFL chaplain, um, did that for 15 years with the Jaguars, and he is now a counselor. If you would like to um, learn more about his uh, counseling and maybe book a session, you can go to acaciagrowthcounseling.com. That's acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, growthcounseling.com. Or you can follow him on Instagram at acacia underscore counseling. That is at, again, acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, underscore counseling. Um, Yeah, and I was going to plug something else about you, and now I just escaped my ma- oh i know what i was going to say if uh you would like to get some on on the spot questions answered about counseling or just some advice you can also call us um at 18447777928 that's 18447swat or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com that's ask ask at swatradio.com and you know before the break we were talking about um, that the verse in Proverbs are talking about without the prophetic vision and then talking about how our country uh, and, and our generations throughout our country seem to be uh, without a vision. And it kind of got me thinking last week, uh, Tommy Nelson was on uh, with Doug and 
the second half of that program, he really, to me, I was thinking like that's a that's a man of Issachar, right? That is someone who knows the times and what to do about him. And he was talking about the need for the church to really come together in in not just in spirit but in body as well to really um, come together and have a missional outlook uh, in in the country at large. And I know that's something that we've talked about a little bit. And and because um, I I. To me, that's I'm like man. I think, like I said, it was it really hit me when he was talking about that because I felt like man, if I was seventy years old, I'd be saying this, or however old he is, I'd be saying the same thing too. Cause it, it was uh, very uh, really good, and I know that those have been some conversations we've had. And uh, so anyway, just wanted to throw that at you because I know I sent it to you, and I think you listened to it. So I just didn't know if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, no, I I I love that, um, and you know that. Uh you know, we've talked uh, in, in our times uh, just kind of, you know, what are we seeing and what do we do about it? And, and we've talked about that and we've moved from, you know, the continuum of, uh, you know, being our survivalist, uh, you know, just going out and take care of uh, our, our immediate family and so on to, you know, how can we do this in, in community with uh, the body of Christ and what would that look like? And, and, um, and, and so it's still, uh, it, I'm excited about that because um, that does seem to uh, reverberate with what I see in Acts 2 and mm-hmm. how the church was, um, and we, we know this, but somehow in our in our uh, implicit experience, it kind of, it's not, not a building. The church is not a building. It's people. And, and early on, it, it met house to house. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so how, you know, how, how can that look or what might that look like uh, today? Um, so, so, yeah, good musings. Yeah, and, you know, for me, you know, being a, a parent of a, a little daughter who's seven months now, uh, those, those are things that really uh, hit me a whole different way as far as because uh, really I think from what I think where we're at as a country, like this generation, my generation, the one behind us, the country is going to be lost for a while and it's going to take bringing up a new uh, generation of people who are biblical. And I think the only way to do that is um, to place them in a, a quote unquote, a garden of a place that's, uh, you know, where they're sheltered a little bit from the attacks of the enemy that can be found, you know, just from your phone or whatever. Um, but put them around others who are their age in the community and try to grow something there and then send them out as, you know, missionaries. So that's why for me, it was like, Hey, I, I get that. I want to hit on a few other verses, which kind of fall in line with this um, that you sent me. And the first one is Matthew twenty five thirteen, and watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. And the other one was uh, Matthew uh, uh, twenty five thirty, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you know, talking about you know where we are and we, like like I said no one knows the day or the hour but when we're found when when Christ does come back we want to be found doing his work and you know there's consequences if if you don't yeah and and I you know that's this uh as I've been kind of diving into um these passages a couple that you just you uh read but uh that section, uh, Matthew 24 and 25 in particular, um, where Jesus uh, is answering the question, um, 
you know, hey, uh, when's all this going to go down? You know, the disciples asked him uh, in reference to the temple being destroyed and all this. And and he went, Jesus laid out, you know, kind of the prophetic um, timeline, if you will, uh, that obviously didn't just apply to them in their day because of the things that he revealed, but also applied uh, to the church as a whole, and that includes us. And, and the first thing he said is recorded in each of the synoptics, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The first thing he said is, be certain to not be misled. And that, that's telling to me um, because I pose the question to myself uh, and, and as well to all, all of us listening. Have we been misled in terms of how we're, we have been thinking about um, well, the, the, the measure of time that Jesus was referring to in, in Matthew 24 and 25, including our day? And, and it's pertinent. Very pertinent because, uh, as we mentioned with the the sons of Issachar, um, they only knew what to do, what Israel should do, because they were understanding of the times. And you look back at uh, Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, he started praying, and he, in chapter 9 and beyond, he received this wonderful revelation, incredible revelation about not just the Jewish people, but uh, all the way to the end of time. But he only got that understanding because he was aware of and knew the Scripture according to what God gave to Jeremiah in terms of how long they were going to be in Babylon. So, again, um, there's, this, there's this picture of an understanding of the times that because he had understanding of the times, he prayed at a specific time for what... And so I'm... I'm asking myself now, um, are, are we really seeing, do we really have an understanding, do I have an understanding um, of what the Bible is saying to me in this time? Uh, and so, that, you know, just, just some, some pertinent things there, how that relates to counseling um, is, is uh, uh, specific as well because um, my understanding of, the times and understanding of the word and how that applies to me will directly affect what I experience in my mind um, and include and also uh, give me resource to be able to handle and deal with the things that I um, am facing. So, yeah, and you know, I don't want to get too much into eschatology here, but that what you're talking about there about how you're understanding the word and, and, and what your background is as far as um, how well you know it leads you to act in certain ways. And I think there's a lot of people who um, think because certain things are going to play out in a certain way um, that they, they, they don't do anything really. It's, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're just going to keep, living life the way uh, that I have been. And, and I think if you have a different perspective, then that's going to lead to different results. Specifically, if you're, you know, the specifically if you have the perspective of, you know, we don't know the day nor the hour um, things, you know, things look bad, and, but we don't know when he's coming back and what that's going to look like. So I need to now do the things 
that are going to be beneficial not only for me but for the kingdom and also for the next generations to come, right? And so, uh, again, not getting too much into eschatology, but in, in my thought, man, he could come back at any time, and you know, we pray that he does. And but if he doesn't, and I didn't do things because I was like, you know what, he's coming back soon, and I didn't engage in the culture, and then my kids and my grandkids suffer for that. Ooh, that. Yeah, and in context in those, uh, again, uh, chapter 25, then the verse you read in um, both of those, um, including in 30 there, it says, cast out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. And you know, I'm not a theologian, um, but I, I spend enough time in the Bible, and I trust that God speaks to me. I don't know everything, and I don't know everything about that time. But I do know this, there's still a whole lot at stake. Yeah. And that's not a that that particular verse was or uh, teaching in that verse was not uh, a uh, end times or I'm sorry a a uh, a judgment um, that that wasn't based on judgment because the next verse uh, 31 uh, talks about uh, Jesus taking uh, having all the nations before him and separating them from the sheep to the goat so so that that wasn't what that was talking about it was talking about something else uh and particularly for the believer that there's still stuff at stake for us and yeah because he says that slave right yeah so that means that somebody who is a slave to jesus who is uh surrendered to to christ yeah the yeah absolutely the context of all those three examples that jesus gave at the end of uh, chapter 24 and then 2 and 25 context demands that they were believers they were people who were part of uh of christ who were following him and so it's really really important that we discern and understand what the word is saying to us now not just for our own mental health but also for the health of the church as we move forward yeah and unfortunately we are out of time for today and for the week Uh, Just a reminder that for the next uh, two months, we will not be live on the air, but we will be having some of our greatest hits playing. So make sure you tune in for that. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for coming in, Dad. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.